1: Hi, Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. Hi, Mom. Hi, Michelle. (laughs) I was trying to switch up the intro to keep you on your toes. Were you ready for that? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. I really liked it. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and of course, I'm sitting across the table from my mom, Barb. Hi, everyone. She's my mom. She's taught me everything I know. Hopefully, she can teach us some stuff today. Happy to be back here again on a beautiful day. In the neighborhood, you know, Mister Rogers was one of my favorites. I was just gonna say, I feel like you give off very Mister Rogers vibes, like you're Miss Ms Rogers. Oh, that's very sweet. I did
2: kind of grow up with him. I guess I did watch him a lot, and I really loved. We all did, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did, and I really loved his messaging and just loved the human that he is and was and. All the messages that he gave, especially to children. We need yeah. him, Mr. Rogers. Well, you today. can
1: carry the torch.
2: Excited to be here today with everyone, <laughs> as always.
1: As yes, always. so um, obviously we're thrilled to be back for another conversation. And uh, this week's episode is going to be based on a listener request. And I love that. every
2: <laughs> Every time we end a conversation, you always say... We read all of the requests. So if you've got a request for a topic, we're thrilled to be able to read it and, and at some point put it on the podcast. So I'm excited for this one today because this is a request from someone.
1: Yes. We don't say it just to say it to make you all feel better about the, the podcast or the community or to make it sound like um, we care about your requests, but we don't because we do. We read them all. We have a database. We try to be super organized about it, but I saw this request come through. And as I was contemplating what to talk about this week, it felt very timely. And I just think it's a concept and a topic that some, I mean, I think we all go through and it's hard. And, um, I think of nothing else from this conversation so people can know that they're not alone in going through these phases of life. I mean, I guess as like everything else, but it's, um, it's a good one. It's
2: also pertinent. I think as we're we're in the holiday season and we're in the season of the last few months of the year, just the anxiety that comes from all of those things coming together at the same time. Oh my gosh, the year's over now. We're going to be, you know, thinking about getting into 2024. So I think it really is a really beautiful request.
1: Yeah. So should we read the request? Sure. Let's get into it. Um, And I agree that coming to the end of the year, this feels super, super timely. And I just, you know, piggybacking off of our conversation last week with just so much, there's so much up for so many of us. There's so many different challenges and difficulties that we're all going through and facing and experiencing. And, you know, as we talk about on the show, there's the macro and the micro. We're worried about our career, our home life, our relationships, our health or anything in our personal lives. But then we have that added level of stress of like, the stuff that's happening in the world around us. And I think it can be really overwhelming and hard to manage and maneuver through all of these big feelings, especially when we realize that, yes, I can be concerned for life around me, but then also my life is my life. I have to put my attention to my life. And if there's stuff going on in my life that I'm not um, putting my attention to, it's, it's, I'm not going to benefit from it, if that makes sense. And so this request came through asking for a podcast on living life, living in and embracing a season of limbo. You know, and this person went on to say that they have big big things coming up, both good and maybe bad. They don't know. And they feel like they are in this season of waiting with no control over what's happening to come and deeply feeling like, they don't want to live in this season of limbo, just wishing away the next few days, weeks, months until these, these big things happen in their lives. I actually feel like the request, the way they wrote it is, is super profound and kind of answering their own question, but it is a good conversation to have. And I think so many of us, especially coming to the end of the year life in general, feel like we can be stuck in seasons of limbo.
2: I, I, It is a beautiful question and very profound, I think, for this time of year, too. The idea that limbo, what does that even, what does that mean? How do we live in limbo? And for me, when I read the question and you and I were talking about it, for me, limbo means really what life is all about. The only constant and the only certainty that we have is that it's always going to change and that we we I believe as humans, we have to be able, we we are here to learn and to grow and to be able to embrace the unknown. Nothing is certain except change. We do know that that is a certainty. So her question is, or his question is very pr- profound because it's, how do we start to embrace the unknown? How are we okay with not knowing, which feels like a state of limbo or feels like a, a fearful state sometimes when we don't know, and especially and she said it could be good, it could be bad, all the things. So how do we really start to learn to embrace the unknown as a given and still live our lives? As you said, Michelle, we, don't, we definitely don't want to let our lives pass us by. We have to continue to take the steps forward and we have to continue to live our one wild and precious life. But I think it's very common. So I don't think that anyone is alone that's feeling this way because I think it's very common. So we can embrace change and we can embrace the unknown, but it still makes us feel confused, overwhelmed, uncertain. All the things, all the feelings are very common and very expected, really.
1: Yeah. So I feel like there's lots to say about this. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is. Great and, question. Um, really, it's our intention to have this conversation to one, like I said at the jump, helping anyone who's feeling this way know that they're not alone. I do think that we all experience these feelings of limbo or purgatory. I mean, I even remember for so often, so many years in my life saying to you, I feel like my life is Groundhog Day. I feel like nothing ever changes. I feel like I'm constantly doing the work or trying to progress or become who I want to be and things still seem to be the same. So I think that that mindset or that feeling of maybe being stuck or being in limbo or frustration or just not really easing into the timing of your life is common. You know, we go through peaks and valleys in life and highs and lows, and sometimes life is going by quickly with good things. And then sometimes life feels like it's going by super slow. And if you're experiencing that, I think firstly, you're not alone. I think it's totally normal to get or to feel frustrated and upset about the timing of our lives. Especially, I think, if you're listening to our podcast, you're someone who cares about your, you know, mental wellness, you're you're super mindful and focused, and you're trying to become the best version of you. You know, you're putting in the work to be that best version of yourself. And it's like, okay, I'm doing this, all this stuff, and I still feel like I'm not quote unquote, where I want to be. So I just think it's so, so common. And I think the first thing we can really start to do is, you know, change that neural pathway in the brain of, of even thinking about it, like in that way that I'm not there yet. I was in my, I feel like I was going to sleep or maybe coming out of a meditation. It was somewhere where I was like in bed and just not really doing anything. And I had this thought about, How so often in my life I've often, so actually because it's my birthday coming up and I was thinking about birthdays and, and reminiscing on how in my birthdays, you know, when you have your birthday cake and you, someone, you know, make a wish and what you wish for for the year ahead and thinking about all of the years that have gone by of things that I've wished for, hoped for and thinking, oh, I hope by my next birthday, X, y, or Z will be different, or I hope this will be different in my life, or maybe this will be the last birthday. I'll feel this way. um and realizing, as I was kind of reminiscing about this recently, that that mindset of like always kind of yearning for some sort of destination in life that you have to achieve rather than just settling into the circumstances of like what is in this moment has really brought me so much unnecessary suffering about life because i'm I've always been and I think being in the personal development space of like having gratitude and being mindful has allowed me to kind of sl- it slide under the radar a bit for me, but always kind of waiting f- and yearning for my life, I'll be happy when X, y and Z happens for me and yearning for the oh maybe you know, in the Counting Crows song, like this year will be better than the last. And I really think that that mindset of like, obviously having hope and optimism for the future, but putting off your happiness and fulfillment and even just like a baseline of contentedness and acceptance for like your life in the moment, knowing that there's so much to be grateful for and happy about and just fulfilled with it robs you of that joy of the moment because you're always looking towards like what you don't have or what you want to achieve. Does
2: that make sense? (laughs) Yes, it makes perfect sense. It really hope, hope is, I think I spoke about this on one other episode a little bit because this year I've really been changing that word hope and replacing it with the now basically or the present moment and that idea of being where our feet are because hope for me has been a cornerstone of my life because it got me through so many you know, really difficult, difficult times. So I always thought, I always held out hope that it all would be better or that it all would not be this way forever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think what I'm noticing from myself now is, is very much like what you were saying is instead of hope that it will be better later, now I want to, I want to change the narrative of what is happening right now. So instead of, it's little things that I've started to do instead of, I don't know if this rings a bell for you, Michelle, but I think I've always, and maybe all of you can agree with this too, or can feel this. I think I've always said, oh, Michelle, don't forget this. Or, oh, Barbara, don't forget to, I don't, I really have changed the pathway of that instead of saying, don't forget, remember. Hmm. So it's that idea of just changing those few little words. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. And instead of saying, I'm going to be late, say, oh, I'm going to get there when I need to. It really boils down to, I think this idea of being in limbo or being in a place of unknown really boils down to what are we saying to ourselves how are we how are we taking this moment day by day by day because every day is moment by moment by moment and can if we and if we can really start to understand the words that we're using that make a dramatic effect on our emotions and our ability to be able to withstand the feeling of being in limbo and so we're not frittering our time away we're not just letting the day go by and life go by and sitting around we're actually looking at it as wow this is really a blessing that i have this space of limbo or i have this space of unknown i can get more grounded in myself i can start to be more present to what is actually happening knowing that other things are coming along but not be but not be attached to what are these things going to do because we don't know you don't know what the good things are going to be you don't know you don't know how it's all going to unfold so i've really been working and thinking a lot about this idea of how do we really just stay in the moment, knowing what it is we can't what what is for real. And the only thing that is for real is right now. So just kind of switching that hope to, you know, let me just be present and trusting th- that I'll be able to handle whatever comes my way. I'll be I'll be excited and and really exuberant with any of the wonderful good things that'll happen. And I'll be reassessing if something not so great happens, but that I've got everything that I need in whatever comes my way. So limbo or being in the unknown is really an actually beautiful place to be. A lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-care, a lot of um, good things can happen in a space of not knowing. I love that. You had a smile. You're going to say something to me. I could tell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, at the start of what you were saying, you used the word frittering. And I was going to say, I love when you use the word fritter because it just Mm -hmm. brings such a funny image into my brain. And it's such a um, perfect word for what you were saying. Um, But I agree with you. And I think it's, it is all about that mindset shift because, you know, it's that old saying, life is the about the journey, not the destination. And I know that that sounds cliche, but how can we really start to embody and know that our life is not all about the destination that we're trying to achieve? I mean, do we ever really get to that destination? And I think what is that destination that we're always seeking? Like it's, we constantly move the goalposts in life because once we achieve one thing, we look towards something else. And rather than inundate our minds with these, you know, big life moments and goals and dreams, it is about, for me, I think the moments in between of just regular life and the highs and lows that of of that come along with us constantly just becoming the next version of ourselves. And I think if we even start to deconstruct even how we look at limbo as something that's like bad or frustrating cuz i used to feel so so frustrated about limbo. I really i do not like living in you know the uncertain murky waters of like not knowing what's next. Exactly what this person said in the um in the request. But when you really like zoom out of the concept of limbo or purgatory or groundhog day, like that's just a part of life. We're always like you said Changing and transforming, and we're not stagnant creatures. We're always learning something new or becoming something different or changing our wants and desires. And so, with that, there's always going to be aspects of our lives that are changing or transforming or feeling uncomfortable. So, rather than making it seem or taking on that something is wrong because we haven't yet transformed or moved into a different chapter or season of life really just embracing like I, and knowing that you're, you're changing and that's natural and, and embracing that season too. Like how can I embrace the limbo and the uncertainty just as much as I embrace the next chapter that I'm excited about? And that's
2: not waiting for the, the the certainty to come. It's really living your life is exactly what you're saying. So, I think what, when you and I were Michelle and I were in Paris recently, and I bought a book in the Shakespeare. What's it called? Shakespeare Book Company Store. That Shakespeare so cool. and Co. It was so cool.
1: I, I think it's one of the oldest bookstores, and it was super super oh, cool,
2: really cool. And I bought a book that was just sitting there on the shelf that called my name. I, you know, this is how I believe. So many of the books that I've read during my lifetime, especially during these past 38 years of my practice, just call my name. I can just see it. It's for whatever reason, it's not, it's, it's front cover at the bookstore. So this one is called Freedom from the Known. Hmm. And I haven't started reading it yet. I'm going to start this weekend, but this is really what we're talking about. How can we set ourselves free from needing to know all the time? I'm guessing that that's what this book is about freedom from the known and how can we feel really free from the known and embrace the unknown, embrace the limbo parts of our lives, embrace the time in our life where we just don't know what's going to happen. Because honestly, we never know. We really never know. So if we can just embrace that whole concept that life is ebb and flow and life getting into that flow of life of what life brings. I believe in what's happening for me recently. It's just been a really tough year, really, really tough year. And recently I've been just really trying to get into the flow of life and being aware and being where my feet are and being in the present moment, open and receptive for what life has for me in any given day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's not, it doesn't feel great. <laughs> it feels really painful. So I think Michelle, I'd like for you to share where you really broke open in your life with this whole concept of being okay with not knowing and being okay with being in limbo. That life coach that you were seeing years ago. Oh, and what are like, what are what what are the ways that really you've talked about this a lot for the past I don't know ten fifteen years? How long ago was that? It was about fifteen years ago. I was or so, living I think. in Chicago. So. Yeah long time ago and I really love this I really love this and I think it's something that it's a tangible thing that you can think about how do I embrace the unknown be comfortable in limbo
0: and still live my life
1: yes before I get into that let's take a quick
0: little break this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes
1: and we're back. So yes, I would, uh, firstly, I, I might've said this in one of our episodes before, but I do really feel like one of the big overarching themes of my life personally has kind of been this inner battle of like, who am I? What do I want? What is my purpose? Where do I fit? Um, what is the best like use of my energy and like my life at this time and having a lot of internal battles of like what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to go and how I'm just supposed to be. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the Scorpio in me of just always being moody and pondering and like super in my head, but from, I would say, well, when we talk about my indecisiveness and high school, not knowing where to go to college because I was so indecisive and then leaving, graduating from college and not knowing where to move. And just these constant feelings of like having such a disconnect from myself that I don't know how to know what I want. I really feel like it was such a A deep feeling or a plaguing of my life of like that I'm somehow going to mess it up and I'm going to make the mistakes that are going to make my life wasted almost like wasting opportunities, wasting my potential, wasting my gifts or anything like that. And so for me, since this tip that this life coach told me all of these years ago, since then it's constantly been this journey towards not needing to have it all figured out, but just trusting like each right step that I take and knowing that, or cultivating the belief that like, I can't mess my life up. You know, I can make mistakes. I can maybe make choices that aren't in my best interest, but my life is my life and the good and the bad comes along with it. And it's, it's benefited me all equally. But I just wanted to say too, that if you're someone that feels like you have those same similar themes of life of just being so like deeply confused or conflicted or uncertain of like where your life is supposed to go, like this is a great tool that I learned when I was very, very deep in that place. Right?
2: Yes, exactly. And I I think the one thing I want to say before you share that tool is for me, the idea of the word purpose has really changed. I just don't think we ultimately find a purpose and then that's what we do.
1: And I, I believed that though.
2: However, uh, we all do. I think we all do. I think we all, I remember people saying to me, lamenting the fact that I just don't know my purpose. Wow, you're so lucky that you know your purpose. And I think we need to, to back up a little bit and take the, take the, the, the pressure. I believe, of we got to find our purpose. We got to find the reason that we're here. And I think just idea of, that's why I loved what this coach said to you because it's not, I don't necessarily think it's about the purpose. And I love what Glennon Doyle has said, find what breaks your heart and do that. Well, so that's not necessarily a purpose. That's like really following your heart and being so in tune with yourself that you know what it is you deeply care about. And so I think I I would ask anyone who is really struggling with this idea of the word purpose to get rid of that word. Because I truly believe if everything is always changing and we are always growing from any kind of mistakes we've made or any kind of wrong turns we've made or any kind of successes that we've had, we're always changing. We're always growing. And so that is never going to be a constant. Like this is my purpose, however it is we define it at age, let's say 30 or whatever. It's constantly going to be morphing and constantly going to be changing and growing. So Know that your purpose is, I believe my purpose is following my heart, right? following what it is that really, as Glennon said, breaks my heart or makes me feel like I'm alive when I'm doing the work. And that's how I've doing what I've been doing. That's how I've come into this whole practice of what I do and what I'm trying to share with people with my own life experiences. Nothing excites me more than sharing my, life experiences because I'm just a normal human being like everyone else and having really difficult life experiences and sharing what I've done, how I've done it. And we all can do that. And I think we follow that notion of what is really touching our hearts. It can be a really good barometer of where to go and not feeling like we're wasting time, as you were saying, Michelle, or or we don't know. So, oh my gosh, we're going to mess up our lives.
1: Yes. So, Back in this period of my life, I had started to see a life coach because I was so deeply. Con- I was, you know, in a corporate job, nine to five, just kind of ticking the boxes of life, and was starting to feel that my life was passing me by. I had dreams and wishes and wanted my life to be something, but I just didn't really know how to take the steps, how to make changes. I was, you know, in a kind of dysfunctional romantic relationship. Things just weren't weren't really. I was, I felt stuck and I started seeing this life coach and she was amazing. Her name is Allison, if she's listening to this. Um, And she said to me, I I thought that I had to, like that Martin Luther King Jr. quote, see the whole staircase so that I could take a step. And that's where I was getting so stuck. I couldn't see the staircase, so I couldn't take any steps.
2: Well, and that Martin Luther King Jr. quote is...
1: You don't have to see the whole staircase. Right. Right. You you
2: really can't see the whole staircase, but you can take that first step. But
1: yes. Yes. So I was not thinking in that mindset. I thought I had to see, you know, the whole life plan. Like even when, when sometimes people would say, where do you see yourself in five years? Like those kinds of questions. I'm like, I don't see anything because I, I just could not. I could not get past or get out of what my current situations and circumstances were to even let myself think about what my five-year plan or or anything like that was. I just was so overwhelmed by the concept of wanting change and making change. Anyways, I was talking to my life coach and she gave me a piece of advice that changed so much for me in this conversation that I was having within myself. And she said, instead of thinking that you have to have all of the answers and have everything figured out and knowing all of the details, what would happen and how would you feel if you started to just follow the tiny breadcrumbs of the things in life that are lighting you up or sparking joy or bringing you just the tiniest bit of happiness? What are those little, little breadcrumbs? small, small moments, not the big, big things in life that make that lift you out of this feeling of overwhelm and kind of uncertainty and start to really notice those and give importance and power to those tiny breadcrumbs. And that piece of advice changed so much for me because I never gave myself the permission or even the importance or value to that we talk about now, the tiny joys in life or the little things that we do throughout our day that lift us out of the difficulty of daily life. And I never thought that following the tiny breadcrumbs of life could then ultimately lead me to making decisions for the next chapter. You know, I think, especially when you're in your mid twenties, you know, you're kind of out of school, ticking the boxes, doing all of the things that people think that you're supposed to, in quotes, be doing, you are super in your head about it. You know, like you think about career coaches and um, climbing the corporate ladder and doing all of the things that you're supposed to be doing without getting into maybe the other side of your brain of, okay, but what are also the things that like truly light me up in a different way and giving those those things importance and power as well.
2: I love this so much, Michelle. When you shared that with me years and years ago, it's so, it, it's so refreshing and it's so true and actually so exciting. The idea of just follow the tiny breadcrumbs of what excites or interests you. Right. I remember you and I talking about that for so long and that did lead you to all the little places that got you where you are today, and I think what I heard you say now, and what you and I've talked about so much, is we have to stop focusing on the shoulds. yes, I should do this or i'm supposed you you've used supposed to several times in this whole conversation. I'm supposed to be doing this. I should be doing this. What the heck? Why do we even use those words? It's so crazy that we are living our lives thinking that we're doing one thing. But we're supposed to be doing this or we should be doing that. And that's why I love the idea that she said to you, what are the things that excite you? What are the things that bring you joy? And so what what I what I've really looked at since that whole conversation that you had with Allison is what what are we like, what do we do in life? And so there's the idea that we do this we do the we're supposed to and should do this. And then we have the things that we should be doing and we're supposed to be doing and then why what we have the things that really light us up and that we really want to do so i really think we have to take away the concept and the aspect of the should and the supposed to yes and when you start to really think that way it's not that it's not that easy but just having the desire and the intention intention is everything just having the desire and the intention i think for me it has freed up my energy to say yes at the things that light me up. It's People have said to me so often, and I know it was really hard for me, well, I don't know what excites me. I don't know what brings me joy way back then because we we are so conditioned to think about all the things we're supposed to be doing and we should be doing. And so I think that idea of letting go of the shoulds, letting go of the supposed to, creates the ability to be in the present moment, creates the ability to stay focused, creates the ability really to put our energy into what we have to do. There are things in life we have to do. Right. We work, we raise our kids, we do it. Putting our energy to what we have to do and putting our energy to the things that we want to do. And forget the shoulds, forget the supposed tos. Who, who, who told us what we're supposed to do?
1: Yeah. Like our friend Tara Stiles says, who made the rules? Yeah. So I, that
2: kind of morphed out of the idea of following the breadcrumbs of life that really light you up inside or that excite you or that bring you joy.
1: Yes. And I think it's having someone in your sphere that can give you the permission, or if if you don't in your personal life, take this podcast and us as your permission to, to do that, to prioritize or to make set the intention, like you said, to give presence to those little breadcrumbs that bring you joy. Because just like in these situations of feeling like you're in limbo, you don't know when following these tiny joys will lead to some sort of amazing um, epiphany about your life. You just, none of us know how our lives are going to unfold or ultimately where we're going to end up, you know, when we're on our deathbeds or whatever, we just, we can't predict the paths of our lives, but we can be present to the things that happen in the moments of the in-between of that, you know, can move us and shift us on that path of towards things that we might not have ever thought about or allowed our minds to be open to. But we just have to, like you said, have that intention. And in that moment, back when I was, having this conversation with my life coach, you know, like I said, I was in a corporate job, nine to five, living in a city, going out with friends, like overall kind of living a pretty normal, like successful, all of the boxes were technically checked for me. And like I was saying, I I was feeling that level of unfulfillment or wasted potential or like what is this really it for me kind of mentality. And so when my life coach Allison had said to me follow the breadcrumbs, in that moment in time, I was super super into yoga. And because I was so kind of under the surface unhappy, unfulfilled, yoga was the was the practice and the place in my daily routine where I felt Like I could connect with myself, like I could escape the dysfunction that was surrounding me in my romantic relationship, that I could be myself and I didn't have to chameleon myself in a way to fit in with friend groups or, um, do anything to tick the boxes. Like yoga was my happy place. And, um, that for me was like the breadcrumb that my life coach allowed me to start to follow. And, um... And even too, I feel like when you kind of look back at the story of your life, you can start to pinpoint certain people or certain moments or things that people said to you that kind of shifted the course of your life. And I feel like Allison saying that to me about the breadcrumbs and then my, my really good friend who also happened to be my boss at my job, um, who, if he's listening, You did shift the course of my life. He would say to me, because we were good friends as well, um, "You're such a good writer. Like, why don't you take your your gifts and your skills and like do something meaningful? Like, you should write for a nonprofit or like you have so much, you have so many talents. Like, what? Why are you? You didn't say it like this, but essentially, why are you still working here? Like, what are you doing here?" And he said that to me long before I ended up leaving the job. Um, But he planted that seed for me and gave me that permission too of like, you can do something else because there's so much like out there for you. And so I think him saying that to me and planting that seed and Allison saying that to me of following the breadcrumbs led me to noticing yoga and noticing how going to yoga made me feel led me to talking to you mom about how much i was loving yoga and how it made me feel to you then saying hey there's this yoga studio that i've been going to at home here in florida the teacher is super philosophical and i feel like you would really love him for a lot of different reasons you should come to a class with me i went to a class with you when i came home and i you were right i loved him fast forward to him having a teacher training and i was like you know i don't necessarily know if I want to be a yoga teacher, but I'm really, really interested in learning more about this practice that makes me feel so good. And I really, really love this teacher. Like the teacher was another breadcrumb for me. I want to learn from him. Signing up for yoga teacher training. Being in yoga teacher training forced me to come back to Florida to live during that period of time to then being more with you, mom, where you were starting to have the feelings of needing to create something um, tangible to house all of the workshops and lectures and meditation classes that you had been teaching at home for most of my life, which was ended up being peaceful mind, peaceful life. You needed somebody to help with the writing, the newsletters, the social media stuff, the content. And you were like, you're home. Do you want you're not working? You're doing your training. You went to school for journalism. You like to write. Do you want to help us while you're figuring like the next steps of your life out? And literally when I said yes to you, um, to do that in my mind, I'm literally like my yoga teacher training, I think was like six weeks, a month or six weeks. I'm like, I'm here for the summer basically. So I'll help you for the summer and then I'll move on. Like I did not really in my mind expect for 12 years later to still be <laughs> doing it. Um, but I think, you know, looking back on it, it all saying yes to those little tiny things, not knowing where they're going to lead um, can lead you to really great places.
2: And I, this is such a beautiful, beautiful story, Michelle, of how following the breadcrumbs brought you to where you are today, 12 years later. And I think you're continuing to follow the breadcrumbs with everything that you're doing. You're writing a book right now. I mean, it's just, it's really remarkable how that one sentence, follow the breadcrumbs of what excites you or lights you up or brings you joy. And I think setting that intention. So for everyone listening, just setting the intention that I'm going to follow the breadcrumbs of what really touches my heart or lights me up because that you will automatically, be open to new experiences and new possibilities that you never imagined was, was just kind of sitting right there inside of you. And I've become kind of a scientist and a studies junkie over the past, I don't know, 10 years, I guess now. And I love this study that I read recently. And I think it goes right hand in hand with what the story of of your life so far that what you were telling Michelle, that there's a study out there now that says the biggest predictor of creativity So when I think of creativity, it's not only what we can create professionally, it's also what we, what we are also creating our own lives. And so I think of creativity as being everything, creating things for other people, creating things for ourselves. So the biggest predictor of creativity is how open we are to new experiences. And Mm -hmm. so her telling you to follow the breadcrumbs has opened you up big time over the past 12 years. And so- as another added to following the breadcrumbs and discovering what lights you up and brings you joy, it kind of pushes you outside your comfort zone a little bit. Totally. Uh, I know that you've been pushed outside your comfort zone a lot and doing things differently is what this study ultimately said. Doing things differently helps build our cognitive flexibility and building our cognitive flexibility is what boosts creativity. So we naturally are going to start, having a more creative life. We're going to start really being, being the author of creating the life that we really, that we want to live. And that life that we want to live is a life of joy and service and help and creativity and all the things that will really make us feel like we matter. And will also make us feel like we're going to leave this place just a little bit better than when we found it. So I think it's so, the story is so amazing. And I love this simple, but powerful sentence of following the breadcrumbs of what lights you up inside, what touches your heart. And what went along with that for me, as you shared this with me years ago, is that idea of, I think sometimes we feel like we're in a state of limbo. We feel like we're in a state of unknown. And you said it perfectly, Michelle, it's that idea of, you thought you were going to mess up your life. And I think that, what, what bell went off inside of my brain, inside of my body was, I'm a perfectionist. And yeah. so I was all, I, I didn't realize this until, I don't know, at least a, probably a decade ago. I didn't realize how much I pursued perfection, how much it you was. You didn't
1: realize? I know.
2: <laughs> Not until you and our colleague Lauren brought it to my attention. I mean, I knew that I was a perfectionist, but I didn't realize the, Uh, The circum um, the consequences of being a perfectionist. I didn't realize that as a perfectionist, we can feel stuck. It can be hard to be that have that feeling of being in limbo, and this idea of being, oh gosh, I can't do that unless I do it perfectly. So, doing it over and doing it over, doing it over, and not actually taking that little step forward. So, instead of pursuing perfection. I'm now more a pursuer of excellence mm-hmm. and that idea that being strategic in what it is that I want to do with my life and being more creative and being more open to new possibilities rather than what I realized most, you know, in being recovering addict of, of an eating disorder and having those addictive personality traits, uh, I busy was always the thing. Had to be busy, had to be busy, had to be busy, had to, had to really show that I was I was, I was doing my thing and I was putting forth the effort to live my life. And strategic is so much better than being busy, like knowing what it is and being creative and having this bigger picture and taking that one baby step forward instead of knowing that I can't do anything till I know how to do it perfectly.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it, and it, I think what I love the most and then is that it's actually given me a better discernment
1: muscle. Discernment muscle.
2: Yeah, well, cause I, I believe you know we take our bodies to the gym, and I believe meditation and mindfulness and really being present is oh, taking yes, our. Yes, I mu- agree. Yeah, I know you do because you talk about it a lot. It's like taking our mind to the gym, and so my discernment muscle is better. My good, my judgment is is better and good more often, and now I have really the. I don't know, kind of like the little radar inside of me that knows when I need to stop and take a break. And that's what limbo can be. And that's what being in the unknown can be. Like I need to rest. I need to settle into what is happening right now in this present moment so that I can gain more energy and more clarity and more calmness Mm -hmm. in life itself. And then I know, and I call that recovery time. We all need recovery time. It's, it's not, we're not, we're not doing nothing. We're recovering from whatever happened previously.
1: Love it. Let's take another quick break. Great, and we're back. Okay, so as you were saying, all of that, my my brain exploded. No, no, no. Well, (laughs) a little bit, because when you were saying that you're a perfectionist about life, obviously, I mean that's no surprise to me or anybody in your life. I know that about you. but I was thinking about the concept of perfectionism and how it equates to that uncomfortableness of when you're in limbo. Because I don't know if I necessarily consider myself a perfectionist in the traditional sense of the word. I'm someone who can maybe put things out that maybe aren't fully ready. You know, I'm kind of like, let's just like that you we talk about done is better than perfect. I I lean more towards that. So, but there's feelings inside of me about perfectionism that come up that I, that I think you just helped me pinpoint when you were saying this about life. Oh, yay. And I want to hear your thoughts about it. Okay. So I feel like people like us who have this mindset or this deep desire to live your, your best life, to become who you are, to do the things that you think you're supposed to do in this lifetime, having that mentality. I'm wondering if having that concept in mind, also knowing and thinking about the Mary Oliver quote, you have one wild and precious life. Like what are you, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I feel like those overarching concepts of life are the, the subconscious perfectionism with me of not wanting to make those big mistakes of like my overall life, like the macro perfectionism of life of, I have this one wild and precious life. What am I going to do with it? Oh my God, how do I even know if my life is precious and I have potential and I have gifts and I have a purpose and meaning, how do I know what I'm going to do? And it's like that level of perfectionism. Does that make sense? It does. Am I explaining what I'm trying to say, right?
2: Yes, I believe so. I'm just wondering
1: if there's people out there who maybe can relate to this concept of like the perfectionism being your life in general. Like you don't want to mess your life up. You don't want to make the wrong choices. Like, I feel like as a kid, someone told me that I had a lot of potential or something, something along those lines. You have so much potential. And I feel like in reality, That's a compliment, you know, someone's acknowledging a gift inside of you. But in my mind, that was like, oh my God, I have potential. So that means that I can waste it. And it was that level of perfectionism of of like society or people or even myself having high standards and expectations for my life and the perfectionism being like, oh my God, I can't mess that up. Does that make sense?
2: It does make sense. And I think, I guess what came to me is when we started this conversation, and you read what the person uh, requested that we talk about. After you're done reading what they said, you said, "I kind of feel like they answered their own question." Yeah, and so that's kind of what I'm feeling like with you right now. You, Definitely, you really have answered your own question. I think absolutely. Whenever we start to think perfectionistic about our entire life, like we can't do this because we're going to mess up our entire life, it's it truly it truly is not following the breadcrumbs and thinking and not trusting that life is here to teach us and that we are going to make a lot of wrong turns. Yeah. And I think when you were saying this story, i thought of you during the pandemic and you shared this (laughs) on the, you shared this on, on a couple episodes here. And I know that you'll have a lot more to share about that, but you made some very, let's just say not great choices during the pandemic in some of the things. And they've turned out to be part of your greatest teachings and learnings and you've, you've grown so much. So I think we really have to trust that we are going to make choices that are not serving our best interests long-term, but they actually will be the gateway to something better and something greater and be the thing that we're looking for in our lives. Because we have to understand that we are going to make mistakes or, and I don't even, I mean, I don't mind the word mistake, but I don't, It doesn't mean that something's wrong. Yes, we're going to make choices that don't serve us. I like to say that. We're going to make choices that don't serve us and may not serve other people. We are not ever going to be perfect. And this is what's helped me the most. And I'm still, I think I'll be working on it till the day I die. That idea that I don't have to be perfect, but mine is stemmed in not that I'm going to waste my life. Mine is steeped in what do people think about me? That whole people pleaser because of all the trauma and dysfunction that I grew up as a child. And I'm always thinking about, not always, that's not the right word, but whenever I'm in this perfectionistic mindset, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Now, what is everybody going to think of? You know, it's that whole thing. And I have to say, wait a minute, who cares? I don't need to, the shoulds and the supposed tos. I'm going to do what's in my, what, what's in my heart and what it is that I feel that I need to do. So I think you're right yes, it does lead to that whole life. I'm going to mess my life up, but then you're really out of the present moment and not following the breadcrumbs (laughs) of the day-to-day life. But I, but I think that's why, you know, and, and as I was listening to you, I thought, you know, one of my greatest assets in, in my life that I've been doing for the past 38 years that has served me so incredibly well is every, I, a day does not go by that I don't meditate. Of course, my meditation, my mindfulness, obviously, but I mean, obviously I say that because I know that obviously, but really what has served me in addition to the things that is so easy that we just have to practice it and do it is day doesn't go by that I don't reflect, Mm. that I don't sit down sometimes in the middle of the day, often in the middle of the day for a minute here and a minute there. But every night before I go to bed, I reflect on the day. Like what I have a reflection practice. I look back. And so, if we can look back, like you just said, Michelle, if I look back at my life, who would have thought you would have ended up here? You know, when you think about it. And so, if you look back on your life, you can see the things that didn't go well. You can see the things that went extraordinarily well. And you start to recognize, well, this is who I am. This is what lights me up. This is why my heart's so on fire for this particular thing. And you start to really get to know yourself more and more. And you're a lot more forgiving and graceful with yourself. It has been a transformational thing for me to reflect every single day. And I also believe strongly that that reflection time is what has to happen. We have to prioritize downtime more. And reflection, you know, downtime doesn't mean sleep, it can, but downtime, it just means stopping and pausing for a moment here and a moment there. Stopping and pausing and reflecting okay, wait a minute, what did I just do? How did it serve me? How did it work out? What do I need to course correct and do differently? And if we do that every day, even if it's just for a few minutes, it makes a remarkable difference in our lives. I truly believe that. So that would be my other suggestion. Follow the breadcrumbs. Find time to reflect. Yeah. If you're not feeling, if you're feeling like something is going off in your day, stop. Really just stop and sit for a minute. Okay. What just happened? You know, I've said this so many times on the podcast. I, I talk to myself all day long. She and does. I always ask myself, what's happening with you in this moment, Barb, if I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious or irritable? Because underneath all of that for me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, and maybe it's something to reflect on because I have reflected on this for the past 38 years. Mm-hmm. Underneath all of that for me is fear. Mm-hmm. Always some form of fear.
1: So I, I guess, um, going back to what I was saying with the perfectionist and the, in the fear and the Mary Oliver quote, it's what you were saying. It, the pressure of what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life is not the perfectionism about it. It's, can you, like we often say with the James Finley quote, can you live your life without knowing the person living it? It's, Can you start to know yourself so well that you listen to like the whispers of your heart and your soul and not bypass that? It's not about the external stuff, which is, I guess, what we talk about all the time.
2: And you deeply know the person that's living your own life. Right. It's a a really profound quote to James Finley, who's one of my most precious, fabulous teachers. My favorite quote. Yeah.
1: I put that at the top of my um, book proposal.
2: Oh, Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. He asked, could you live your life never knowing the person who is living it? I mean, it's a very
1: profound question. And I think that was, for me, that was how I felt all those years ago, talking to my life coach, Allison. I did not feel like I knew anything about myself. Um,
2: And knowing the person that is living your life, meaning knowing you, is taking everything in and living that one wild and precious life that Mary Oliver is talking about. And I don't think that that can happen without reflection, without being okay in the unknown, without taking that baby step on the staircase that Martin Luther King Jr. talks about without following that little teeny tiny breadcrumb and take a yoga teacher training. As I'm saying that as a, as a metaphor for what is that one little thing that lights you up. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe we can really get to know that person who is living our lives without being kind and loving and open and receptive to allowing your heart to be open and broken or allowing your heart to be open and on fire, allowing your heart to really guide you to doing what is that one little baby thing that will bring you so much joy or excite you or interest you even. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't get to joy and excitement, what interest, what, what interests you as you reflect and as you do this, you start to recognize this is what I'm interested in.
1: Really? Yeah. Curiosity. What are you curious about? It's what
2: you you said. It's so, I just love what you said when, when you said that you, you didn't know if you wanted to be a yoga teacher, but you knew you wanted to know more about yoga because it was a practice that was really making you feel great. Mm -hmm. I just love the way that you said that. So you don't have to take a yoga teacher training and be a yoga teacher. Because you were really following your heart in that breadcrumb of, I just want to know more about this practice. It's bringing me so much joy.
1: Yeah. And And I did teach for a while too. And I realized that- That it wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. I I love the trajectory
2: of your life. I love being the person (laughs) that gets to witness all of the things that you have done for the past 37 years. And you got a birthday coming up.
1: (laughs) Um, Before, I know we have, wrap it up and I just wanted to add on one more thing and we can talk about this more in another episode because I feel like there's still so much left to say on this topic but the last piece of that request from our lovely listener was that she felt like she didn't want to wish away the next few months of her life waiting for these things to play out and I feel like that's a huge aspect of this too of Really, I mean, the fact that this that our lovely listener recognized that they were getting into the habit of wishing away time to get to some sort of destination is like hugely amazing. Because I, I feel like I just got to this revelation of my life of that I was wishing away time um, awareness. You know, in my life now, and it's having that awareness, and how beautiful to to point that out. And I feel like you and I were. <laughs> at a John Mayer concert recently. Loved it. And I don't know, I I really love him and I love his insights. I think his brain is amazing. But he, I feel like he was very philosophical in this concert, but he made a comment about not wishing time away because time is such a limited resource and why would we want to wish for time to go by faster? And I feel like this ties into what this listener request was about of having that awareness that we might be wishing time to go by faster and really thinking about how we can rewire our brains of that mindset. And okay, I might be really excited about something that's coming, but what can I think about or look for that's in this moment to ground me in the reality and the gratitude for what's happening right now. It's like, and, or, like I can be, or yeah, I can be grateful and grounded now and excited for something that's to come or hopeful of what the future could hold. But it's like, it can't just be in the future. It also has to be now.
2: In the present. And I think the feeling of, uncertainty about when this listener said something about that it could be bad too. Like she I think they said yeah. there's good, good and good, bad too. Bad. And I love what you just said, Michelle. It's so beautiful. And the and can be, okay, maybe there is some bad that might be coming, but trusting that you will know what How to, to do when it. it comes. And not try to, you know, be in that moment of it or not try to pro- project or think about what's going to be going on. Cause you don't know, we don't know. So just really living in that moment of the unknown, knowing that you have the strength and the ability to handle whatever life sends your way, just really starting to trust and love and accept yourself completely that you've got this.
1: Yeah, I really think it's the presence and the groundedness and the gratitude of what's in the present and having the confidence of knowing that you can handle what happens in the future.
2: Yeah. And just being loving and caring for yourself and take away that negative self-talk that you, you can't. Yeah. And get allowing yourself to rest, allowing yourself by rest. I mean, not thinking that you need to be doing, 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 doing and something. Cause you're, you're in a, you're in a place of transition. You know, it's your things are going to be changing and the the old you is going by the wayside and the new you hasn't quite gotten here yet. And so it's not a, not, not a wishing the time away, but really being grounded being ready for whatever this next transformation piece in your life is going to be. And I can't thank this listener enough for sending in a question. So I hope all of you, if you've got questions or topics that you want us to talk about, we are very happy to. And Michelle, thank you for this conversation. I've loved every minute of it. I'm so happy that we're all together here.
1: Super fun conversation and super happy that our lovely listener wrote in about this topic. Um, I'm grateful to have this conversation for sure. And as we close out, you had just written out this signpost um, with a quote. Why are you smiling? No, I forgot about it. I'm probably going to
2: put it on social media probably in the next day or two. It's coming
1: out. um, (laughs) That I think perfectly kind of encapsulates this whole conversation. And the quote is, you aren't lost. You're just in an uncomfortable stage of your life where old self is gone, but your new self isn't fully born yet. You're in the midst of transformation. And that's by Marcos Alvarado. Sorry, I was reading it. Marcos Alvarado. And I think it's perfect. The The limbo is when you're in the in the transformation. You're not the old you. You're not the new you. You're just you. You're a beautiful butterfly. Beautiful butterfly. So, yeah. If you're feeling this way, you're not alone. And... As always with everything else, no feeling is final and this too shall pass. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much to the listener for writing um, in this topic request. And I guess a reminder to everyone else, if you have topics that you want us to to talk about or break down or riff about, please send in any requests. You can do so by staying in touch with us on social media at peaceful barb at Michelle Amaros at barb knows best pod. We check the DMS and we, always catalog all of our requests. If you're loving the show, which we hope that you are, please share the show with your friends and loved ones. We love um, hearing from people that the show was recommended to them and they're loving it. And it's, it just makes us super happy. And that's the biggest gift that you could give to us. Um, And make sure that you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify if you're feeling generous and write us a review because that does help us so much and it means so much to us as well. Lastly, I know that we are approaching the holiday season and we have some very exciting product launches that are happening. So make sure that you are subscribed to the BKB newsletter, which is sort of new. You can go to my website to sign up michellemaros.com to learn all about, I'll put the link in the show notes as well, but to learn all about some exciting products that we are going to be launching for the holiday season that we created with all of you lovely listeners in mind. Okay. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you mom for sharing. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.